In this week's episode, Jared denies he had crabs. I suggest replacing handshakes with spitting in each other's faces. And we talk about how COVID might shape the future of education. I'm Paul Tulin. I'm Jared Nichols. And this is the best pandemic ever. Here we are again, my friend. And uh, you've been uh, violating some of the government restrictions or at least the recommendations to not travel. No, that's not, that's not true. That's not violation. I, I followed Let's... all proper precautions. I mean, I did cross the country back and forth right. once, um, basically essentially being a vector, but that's just neither here nor there. Yeah, no, yeah. I followed all, I followed all the precautions. Yeah. Uh, I did I did all the I did everything that I was required to do. It's funny, you know, as you you know, at the airport at Fayetteville, they're kinda like you know, whoa, they whoa, recommend wait. you work. Fayetteville has an airport? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a bustling did not metropolis. Know. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. Not know. They're doing a lot of work there actually. It's that's they, good. they actually yeah, they actually got a bunch of uh, like a little dining area now. It wasn't open oh. of course, but yeah, yeah, yeah but they opened <laughs> it. But yeah, so uh, so I uh, in Fayetteville, you know, it's people are kind of have their masks on, kind of don't. You know, it's not too not too crazy. Um, uh, on the airplane, on every airplane, it's absolutely required. You know, um, on the uh, at the airport in Dallas was a, a char- well Charlotte airport was bustling. Oh yeah, um, always. It was like yeah, but I mean, I didn't expect that. It was like I bet it was eighty ninety percent of what it normally is, right? So it's it was bustling, and again, you know, you're supposed to be. They recommend you wear a mask. You see some people kind of pull it off to, you know, take a breather if there's not a lot of people around and stuff like that. But most people have, you know, have, have their masks on. Um, see some people in suits. I mean, suits. You see some people with masks and uh, face guards. I did see one 20-something in a, no kidding, full-body environmental hazard suit <laughs> head to toe, man. It was head to toe. Tell me they were playing around. Was it a joke? Because I thought that would be an amazing joke is to like go full hazmat. Yeah, I did not get the impression it was a joke. Wow. Um, yeah, so anyway, but that was the only one. But I mean, that's a that's a, that's a normal crazy quotient. You know what I mean? Yeah, You're yeah. going to see people that take things to the extreme and whatever. Yeah, who knows? Um, they might have been compromised, you know, or something to that effect. So Sure, absolutely. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they might be and been forced to travel and didn't want to and, right. you know, yeah. Um, so that, so Charlotte was bizzling a bit bustling. I went through Dallas that was bustling. Um, and then I landed in, uh, San Jose and yeah, there, everybody, everybody in the, in the, um, airport was still wearing their mask and see anybody taking it off for yeah. any reason or breather. So a little bit, you know, difference in severities in compliance with mask wearing, but that's about, that's about it in, in terms of travel. Right. But um, you did, you did hit like the coronavirus greatest hits right now. North yeah, Carolina, yeah, yeah. Texas. Yes, yes. Now it would have only been better if you'd hit Florida. That might be yeah. on the, the bonus track. You, you know hit, something? What's that? My, my my original return flight was going through Miami. Oh, see. <laughs> yeah, I swear. Jeez, yeah. man. Yeah. It was supposed to, but it was you, such an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. Um, and you know how we have, you know, we we allow we we basically allow Bose to be our unofficial sponsor. Yes, we, thank you, you know, Bose. We love we love these Bose headphones. We're both working. I would tell you, what's the opposite of a sponsor? is American Airlines. Those guys can go straight to hell, man. They, <laughs> they hosed me so bad on my return trip. So what I had to do is, you know, we had a we had a trip planned, and this is for the nonprofit that I work for. We had a trip planned, and then we had to move it a week. So I called American, and I just said, hey, I need to reschedule the whole thing a week later. Oh, but if you so didn't no buy the cancellation policy, then you're screwed. 
no, 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 no. So it's this whole big, you know, coronavirus, you know. Oh, that's right. They. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope, you're good. You're good. You're good. So no big deal. Um, and they moved me. And and okay, shame on me that I wasn't. I didn't scrutinize that itinerary better because on the return trip it went like this: leave San Francisco at midnight. Okay, the red eye. Get to Miami at seven in the morning. Leave Miami at seven at night <laughs> to Charlotte. Leave Charlotte the following day yeah. at seven in the morning. No, at like twelve to go back to Fayetteville. It was like three days. Yeah. And I called them up and I was like, "Hey, I and and so and so I talked to the so she had me on hold for like fifteen minutes and she came back and she said, "Yeah, I did the research and it looks like this was what it was originally booked." So I was like, "Okay, so you just spent fifteen minutes." Finding a way to prove to me that it wasn't America's fault, that that yeah, you know that my flight was this way, instead of figuring out how you might be able to help me. Right. And I said, look, I, and I was like, I know it's not you. Don't. I'm, I'm not taking this out on you personally. Although I kind of was because I was like, who does that? Who who takes yeah. that amount of time to not figure out how I might be able to help this person? Yeah, to tell you what you already know, you know, or yeah, at least so, to say this is why it's not our fault. Yeah. Right, exactly. So then I got a supervisor on the phone, and she was more sympathetic. And I said, "Look, this just—I just can't. I don't want to spend three days in an airport traveling. I mean, obviously this doesn't make sense. I—I I acknowledge it might be my fault, but geez, I'm just looking for somebody who can at least try to help me out." So they found a way to make it work. Because the, the first lady, what she wanted to do was, she's like, she could switch you, but it's like a thousand dollars. I was like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense at all." Yeah. So anyway, so all that said, I did not end up going through Miami, but yes, I did hit a bunch of places. Um, Christine, ironically. Got gave blood this week, and when she gave blood, they did an antibody test, but that hasn't come back yet. But they'll let her know if she's carrying the antibodies. I yeah. think that's probably what we have going for us. Is I think I think she had it um, in like January, way back. Because remember, I told you. Yeah. And we no, I told you. I think I had it too. Yeah. Before it was even said to be here, which they've discovered later on. They're like, no, it was probably, you know, running wild, uh, you know, back in November. Right. And we just I, didn't I know. Thought- yeah, but I thought the symptoms you were exhibiting were mostly a rash and a lot of hot itching around your around your nether region. Wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that was something different. No, 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 no sorry, sorry. Yeah. that's a different discussion. <laughs> no, but remember when Christine had that? You remember I told you before? She never takes a day out of work, right. and she was so sick she took a day out of work, and it was all. And she had been in New York mm-hmm. at a Rangers hockey game in January, and we we're like, oh huh. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so we might be carrying antibodies but. possibly yeah i when we started to see the list of symptoms coming out because i remember in january actually well no it was in november late november going into december i could probably get my timelines wrong here but we we're getting close to christmas and i was just wiped and um i just thought it was burnout but i mean i was yeah. getting winded going up the stairs a couple times i thought i was having a panic attack i've never had those before but it's just i felt like what is going on yeah you know, and i mean I, it's not like you're not fit you know what i mean yeah it's, Thank you. Going upstairs is not going to get get you winded. No, it's not. It's not, it's not that's not going to happen. I mean, and I was in better shape even then than I am at this yeah, point yeah. right here. But I was thinking, what what is happening to me right now? I mean, I just chalked it all up to being burned out from three years yeah. of a complete overhaul in the business and everything else. That that must be what it is. But just really strange stuff. Needing to sleep a lot, um, which is not like me. But it didn't. I mean, it was maybe you know just a a week is what it really was. Yeah. And then a couple months later, they start talking about this coronavirus thing. And then when the symptoms, they started throwing those out there, I thought, geez, that sounds a lot like the problems I was having. And even my youngest son, again, it was it was mild in comparison to what some people are having. But my youngest son had this weird thing um, where he would get a fever at night, like 102 fever at night. 
for a week. And then during the day, the fever was gone. He was fine, but we couldn't send him to school. And then at night, his fever, you know, uh, jump again. Uh, but he was never, I mean, he, he was having the time of his life. He had a week off from school for his yeah, sake. Yeah. So you should there's get, some weird stuff. You should get blood. I mean, you should get blood and, and then you'll end up, I mean, give blood because it's a good thing to do anyway. But then you'll also hit, yeah. see if you have antibodies. You That's know? a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say that, you know, while I was gone, there was a lot, you know, apparently North Carolina had a little bit of a resurgence. Yeah. Um, and I did. So when I left, I would say about 30% of the people in the grocery store were wearing masks. We just came back from the grocery store and I, and Pretty much everybody was wearing. Well, masks. it's mandated. And I, so the day you left, they actually the governor actually put in the mandate, which is like, yeah, yeah, in all public right, again, places. But right on the heels of that, the you know a couple of sheriff's departments came out and said, "Look, we can't enforce this. It's right, yeah, it's unenforceable." So my point in all that is is that you know people will generally do the right thing. Like I think people genuinely want to try and help out to the best of their ability. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people, it's like I said, Christine was always wearing a mask. She's like, well, if it makes people feel better, that's good enough for me. I'll, I'll do that. You know? Um, but I, I think, you know, mandate or not, um, I think maybe a mandate suggests the seriousness of something and the yeah. hope that it'll, and it kind of inspires people to be a little bit more compliant and right. helpful. Um, so yeah, so I, so, but I noticed that difference. So yeah. it's a huge difference in, in the number of people that are, are attempting to make that, that effort. Yeah. It's not um, an enforceable law. I mean, it even says in the governor's order said, look, it's a mandate, but we are not, we're going to, we're not going to enforce this through, you know, you, you cannot be arrested. There's, yeah, you can't. So well, you can't. Yeah. You yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But I, th I think that's, um, you know, what, what comes out of this, that's really interesting. I had this conversation with somebody the other day and it all ties together that, I, you and I have talked about this a lot, that people are genuinely, they take the interest of other people to heart. Now, the media will want you to think that, no, we're all a bunch of assholes and only thinking about what's important for us and we don't care about anybody else. Well, that's, you know, for the majority of folks, that's simply not true. I mean, there's evidence that proves that that's not true, that uh, we want to get along and take care of each other. What's happened because we've lost so much trust, well, trust was pretty much lost anyway in leadership for several years, um, not just with you know the current administration, but you know the previous two administrations as well. We have just overwhelmingly lost trust in our government and local leaders, federal leaders have, have just questioned a lot of things. A lot of that's been done intentionally. You know, the media plays a huge part in that and trying to divide us and keep us separated because they're not incentivized to unite us. They're incentivized to get us outraged uh, because that's what drives dollars. Mm -hmm. But the other part of this is that when when we really needed leadership in the midst of a pandemic and decisions to be made, trust is the thing that was missing. So in the very beginning, there was a small moment where we were at least, for the most part, united in this idea of saying, okay, now's this moment, this opportunity for somebody to step up and take the lead and get us the guidance we need. That didn't show up. So it just kind of became this, well, what do we do? What can we do? How do we need to handle this? And then we would get data and information. Don't wear masks. They don't help you. Uh, in which then I think for anybody who could think clearly, they realize, well, this 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 comes on the heels of we're running out of masks for our actual first responders. Yeah. And so then the CDC comes out and says, well, masks don't actually help you. I think Dr. Fauci even said, well, the masks aren't really going to help you. When they knew full well, yes, you should wear a mask. That's just common sense if this thing's as well, bad as you say on. it is. So let me shanghai you for one second because it's another problem of messaging, right? Because I think what they might have believed, and they, who knows, because they don't communicate it properly, is that masks will only help you if you're, if, if 
they're used properly. And the possibility that they'll be used properly to the degree that they will actually have an effect is pretty low because people just don't know and they don't, they don't, they don't operate in a surgical environment, right? So they, so they didn't caveat that the right way. It, it, it ought to be that, it, you know, they should have been, just like we said, what was the other message that we said they burned in? Oh, defund the police. We said, talked about how last, on uh, last episode or maybe two episodes ago, we talked about how, you know, the message of defund the police was a shipwreck, right? Because they totally lost the, the right. message of what they're really trying to say. Yeah. Um, well, the same thing here. It's like masks don't work. Well, that's not what they're really saying or what they, you know, they'll work if they're used properly. But the problem is that people generally don't use them properly, you know, so it's a different, yeah. maybe, possibly, or maybe they were just saying, like you said, maybe there was something more conspiratorial to it and they were trying to decrease the supply to, so they could so they could prioritize the resources. Yeah, that's um, what I'm, I'm I, looking I this know. up here because, <clears throat> and so I just want to, I'm fact checking something I don't do very often, but I'm going to do it for this. Listen, this is not how we roll, man. <laughs> we do we, not roll with facts. We roll with no. anecdotal evidence only. Yep. It's fact. Yeah, we assume <laughs> heard. facts are good at they all They say. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But so, because it is around that, right? Um, let's see here. All right. Uh, face mask recommended. Bear with me here for a second. Okay, masks weren't advised the public from the start because of the anticipation. So here's here's what it is. This is what I had heard the other day. So this is coming from the Hill. You know, they're a reputable publication. Uh, this is this came out June sixteenth, and it was saying uh, medical masks and cloth face coverings are now a common sight when they're venturing out into public amidst the coronavirus pandemic. Most states require them as part of reopening plans. The U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention advocates their use. This wasn't always the case. When the coronavirus pandemic hit stateside, face masks were strictly recommended as personal protective equipment for healthcare professionals. According to Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert and a key member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, masks weren't advised to the public from the start because of the anticipated PPE shortages. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, so that's, that's, but that's legitimate. I, I don't have a problem with that. Totally. You know what I mean? But they should have just come out and gonna... said that instead of saying, yes, oh yes, yeah, yes. don't, don't, you know, to like trick us as though we're, we're so selfish that we'd be like, screw the first responders and healthcare workers. I'm going to get as many masks and hoard those things as much as possible. But instead, you know, the better thing would have been to say, hey, listen, guys, we get it. But right now we need to come together and not hoard these masks and secure these masks for our actual first responders and healthcare workers. Right. You know, it's like masks are helpful. Use some kind of face covering, but please do not go out and start buying these things up. But instead, they came out and said masks don't really do anything. They or, basically or, lied to us. Or or did they try to say the former in what you just described and it was an interpreted in the latter in the information ecosystem? No, 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 no. I actually remember. Now, again, anecdotally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. And memory, and we, and we memory, know memory, memory is, can is be false. fundamentally faulty. But let's, this, this right here, this will go on to say, uh, um, Masks are not 100%. However, they are. So this right here, speaking on the street, Fauci discusses how effective masks are at preventing COVID-19 infection and why they weren't recommended from the start. Masks are not 100% protective, obviously. However, they certainly are better than not wearing a mask. Um, let's see here. Because but it I'm said in the, in the beginning that he said it was to preserve them for our frontline responders, right? That was what he recently came out and said, yeah. 
And yeah. He said, well, yeah, in the beginning, it was like we, he said that uh, they were only when they made official recommendations. But uh, early on, they were telling us that, like, they, they're not really going to protect you. And you could yeah. get away with that, legally speaking, because they're not going to protect you 100%. But they've come out later and said, yeah, we were concerned about the supply. And so that certainly influenced the messaging of, well, yeah. you know, to, to curb people from going out and buy it, buying it yeah. instead of just saying, uh, you know, hey, can you guys, can we all come together on this? and yeah. not go out and hoard these things. Yeah. So the point is is that what once once trust has been eroded and really interestingly enough when you go back and you you listen to uh, experts that have talked about what was going on in the culture during the Spanish flu. Yeah. It's amazing how similar and I'm not talking about the illness itself but it's amazing the messaging and yeah. the way that leaders talk to the public it's almost exactly the same. Whether they realize they're doing that or not, when this thing first happened, don't worry. It's just the normal flu. Keep going about your business. You know, eventually getting to the point where so many people were dying that they finally started to close things down, which was too late. Uh, but there was this this erosion of trust in certain areas that people just didn't believe what their leaders had to say. But there were other areas, like California, actually was uh, was hailed as doing really well. They actually had a lot of deaths. They they had they were hit really hard by the Spanish flu. And again, we always have to keep in mind California's a big ass state. You know, people oh, are like, oh, yeah, it is, it's like that's a country unto itself, like Texas. Yeah, it's crazy. So we can't really look at California and go, Well, in California this is happening, but in North Carolina's like, no, no, no. Totally different worlds. But all that said is that um, California from the start, and I believe it was in San Francisco, the governor was just straight up with the people. They went into extreme lockdown, but they were constantly telling them the truth. Hey, this is what's happening. And so when they needed to do severe or take severe action or whatnot, the people trusted them. Other places where they lied in the beginning, then tried to backpedal and then said, no, it's not as bad. Oh, maybe it is as bad and tried to react, lost all trust. And uh, Do you think that they knowingly lied or they hedged their bets you know, posit- in a more positive way? Oh, no, 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 they, they, they did. They knowingly lied. They didn't know anything in the beginning. No, actually, well, and again, without having the actual story right here in front of me, this is this is really interesting. They knew, the officials knew, uh, that uh, this was a problem, and the reason why they they've been able to point and say this was intentionally, they intentionally lied about this, is because we were also, we were, you know, this is during World War World War One, and so one thing that could completely. Oh, I thought you were talking about now. Oh, right now. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do think they knowingly lied. Hmm. I do. Um, and again, you know, I mean, there's no bones about it. I mean, I think, you know, we are dealing with massive incompetencies at the highest level of our country. Uh, but there are competent people that work within the administration, no doubt. The point is, is that the information was there. We knew about it long before. I mean, we have we have a massive intelligence apparatus. The information is there. Whether everybody agrees on how to interpret it or not is irrelevant. Pandemics are the one thing that are fairly predictable. They are. And so uh, and they had actually run scenarios on the implications that this would have on the economy and the country, you know, back 2017, I believe, or 2016. They had been looking at this. So people have been keeping their eyes on the pandemics, the possibilities of the spread. So when it actually happened, uh, I think they were just trying to cover their asses. They didn't really know because they should have taken action earlier if it was as bad as they said it was. But when we lost trust in the public and lost trust in our leaders to to guide us, then all of a sudden it just creates this, well, do we really believe, you know, we, we can't even give grace to say, well, the data changes every day. Now we just suspect everything that we hear. 
and that's sad. That's for all of us, right? You know, on the left, on the right, I mean, you know, according to CNN, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. If you watch Fox News, it's like this is just a hoax. <laughs> you know, it's just so yeah. stupid that this is where we are. So all that being said is that uh, I was having this conversation about the mandates and wearing masks. And a lot of people have turned it, and I, I get the frustration. It's like, well, wearing a mask means, you know, you're a sheep or that, you know, you're buying into this hoax. Or if you don't wear a mask, then you're ignorant, you know, a racist, you know, whatever. Like you can just subscribe any kind of idea to it because you're lobbying them in with whatever political affiliation you think they have. But I think if we step back and ask ourselves, you know what, or say to ourselves, we don't know for sure. And clearly a lot of people at the top don't know for sure either. But if me wearing a mask will help prevent somebody else from getting ill that is immunocompromised, if I might be a carrier, even though that data continues to change, then I'll go ahead and do it. It's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. um, I think we just have to put things into perspective. But, uh, yeah, it's just sad that we're here because so – so a couple of things out of that, right? So one, um, that's all a huge bummer. So yeah, I don't know sorry, if you know the dude. name of this podcast or not, but that's all a huge bummer. The best, yep, that's the best pandemic ever. So, yeah. so, so again, so the positive takeaway, right? Why, why is this still the best pandemic ever? Based on that, it's because in the absence of that trust, as you look around, people are beginning to depend on one another. Yep, to take right. care of each other. That's right, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. So that's a dynamic that's, I think, changing for the better is that in the absence of truly knowing what's going on. Right. And currently a constantly changing information and data, people are doing kind of what Christine has always done, which is, ah, you know what? It's going to make somebody else feel better. I'm just going to put it on. I don't know what the science is. Right. I don't know if it's going to prevent me from getting sick or somebody else. But if it makes somebody else feel better, then I'll do it. And I think that's spreading. You know, yeah. I think, you know, and and in so. So I think that's probably the, you know, the uh, the upside to that certainly yeah. is that we are beginning to turn back to trusting those in our community, the people that we actually have to coexist with. Right. right? The people okay. we actually have to talk to. <laughs> yep. So there's that. So there's that. Right. But the other part of it that I have to ask about is what we discussed, I think, off mic earlier um, about. Uh, I don't remember exactly how we characterized it, but about, you know, the long term commitment to wearing masks as a way of life oh, and yeah. how and how how problematic that is <clears throat> yep. and how important it is to actually spread germs at some level. Yeah. And then where's that? You know, where's the tipping point for that? So, again, we don't know. Uh, we don't know. The, we don't know the oh, science or anything like that. I'm no proponent of long term masking. I think that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's incredibly. I think it's really dangerous. You yeah. know, the idea that 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 somehow we can somehow the spread of everyday germs or germs that we have resilience to, or germs that we have been uh, vaccinated against, which will someday also include the coronavirus, that trying to prevent the absorption of those germs is a good thing. Yeah. I, I don't think it is. Well, that's not I a new idea. We've been doing that with the whole antibacterial hand wash stuff. We've been yeah. killing off a lot of the good bacteria. For 100%. a long, long time. It's yeah, this, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've got this. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so, a it's a mindset that's got to change. Yeah, so perhaps one of the outputs of you know one of the uh, of the upsides to the pandemic is going to be when the pendulum swings the other way. You know what I mean? You know when we go from when we go we we go from anti handshake you know back to handshake and then we swing all the it's way a where full it's on body embrace. 
Yeah, or which, you know, the, we turn, you know, the common greeting turns into spitting in each other's face. You know, that's like a complete cultural shift, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so, so maybe the pendulum will swing the other way. I mean, I yeah. hope that it does, um, but it'll be kind of a hard push. And I've talked about this before. The longer that we live in this environment, the harder it will be to push the pendulum to the other way. And I think it has to for that, what you just, just described, the idea that we've been, we've been trying to kill off all kind of bacteria and you know and germs for you know for a long time now and that's not that cannot it's not as healthy as people think no. i don't think <clears throat> no it's not it actually makes you more susceptible to getting ill because your body's not building up that immune response that it needs to have is that how we've survived for millennia yeah no back to the majority of bacteria is good bacteria it's what yeah. actually keeps us healthy and when we get rid of that because, you know, antibacterial stuff is not like, oh, I'm only going after the bad bacteria. It's like, no, if you're a bacteria, you're dead. Yeah, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. It's over. And so we, we're saying, well, we'll throw the good out with the bad. It's just like when you take an antibiotic, <clears throat> you're getting rid of all the good bacteria in your gut as well. So we have to find ways to replenish that. And the um, this is really key because I do think there is a breaking point at some, at some level. Um, I don't think any, well, some people will say, yes, we should have masks, <clears throat> excuse me, masks forever. And I think th those people are just idiots. Uh, you know, I know that sounds harsh, but I heard somebody interviewed early on when this pandemic was starting to say, you know, I think it's actually really good. It's forcing us to, uh, you know, uh, the whole impetus for us doing this podcast was to question things that we should have been questioning a long time ago. <clears throat> but these are more deep and you know, on the human level. And this guy was being interviewed and he was talking about how he thinks some things that we do It'll be good to see those go away forever. And one of those was a handshake. And I immediately thought to myself, what? And they're like, well, you know, the history of the handshake was to, uh, going into the history of the handshake, it was to let the other person know you weren't carrying a weapon, a hidden weapon in your, your sleeve. Something to yeah. that effect. I was like, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, it goes back to the knights and showing your empty hand. And That's they, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, we're all good. That's why the handshake used to actually be a, a forearm shake, you know? Right. And yep. so... But it was this it clearly this guy was like, I don't like touching people or being around people. And I really hope okay. that this goes away and never goes back to the way it was before. But again, I don't think the majority of people feel that way. We miss human contact. Um, I, I know you miss human contact with me. That's clear every time we talk. I can't even look at you in the face right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start crying. I get lost in your eyes. <laughs> I know you do. You do, and I'm like, get out of there, man. Here, go to the light. So, <laughs> but it's unequivocal. Like, you, I, I could pull up right now. I mean, we're fond of joking about how we have no scientific basis for anything we ever say. It's true. However, I could easily <clears throat> put up the scientific study that demonstrates that human connection has a positive effect. I mean, physical human yeah, connection I'm has a positive right effect. Now. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 en it enhances endorphins and dopamine and it changes mood. I mean, there's all, there's all good that comes out of genuine human connection, you know? Um, and, uh, the idea, yeah, I, I can't, I, j I just can't imagine that, you know, the person who doesn't like people and doesn't like being in touch, that's an idiosyncrasy in, in the human spectrum, right? Right. It, it occurs for sure. Yeah. But there's no way that that's gonna, that's broad enough that it would actually, that it would actually take hold. Like that'll be overcome by people's genuine desire to have human contact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I just I put that in and just searched here and I got something from 
per se, just make sure I know what this organization is. But the title of it was uh, Eight Reasons Why We Need Human Touch More Than Ever, and it's going into studies about how it increases the immune system and mental health and all that. So like, yeah. yeah, obviously, I mean, we should go eat some dirt, too. We need, yeah, yeah, we need yeah. good bacteria. So yeah. So one thing here, Paul, that's coming up in North Carolina, and other, other places are, are dealing with this as well, is what what does school look like going back in the fall? Yeah, it's just one piece of the big pie, but it but it raises the the bigger question about education as a whole. And for, you know, Christine, what she kindergarten teacher, right? Oh yeah, you want yeah. to talk about leadership that's out of touch, and they talk about like creating distance between kindergartners and keeping mass. It's insanity. That's someone who's not only never spent a day in a classroom, that's someone who's never spent a day around two kindergartners. Yeah. You can't keep them off each other, nor do you want to. Right, yeah, exactly. They, they are going to play, and so they're learning so much, their brains are connecting, and it's how they become social. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, there, there are so many things that we have to rethink. We've talked about a lot of these before, but education, work, community, um, and I think we've, we've just gotten, we've got a lot of fatigue going on right now. Well, I know I, I can tell you, even it's funny, even kids talk about wanting to get back to school. So uh-huh. what does that what does that tell you? When was the last time you heard a kid say, yeah, I'm ready to get back to school during summer vacation? Right. It's, it doesn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you when you deprive them of that connectivity and you deprive them of the community that they grow up around every day, then, yeah, yeah they're going to they're going to demand that they have it back. Right. So um, I, I think. You know, there's a lot of tension about going back to school and whether or not, you know, certainly at least in our experience in North Carolina, whether or not they're going to open school, they're going to come up with some alternative, they're going to come up with some blend. Now, I've heard the idea that they're going to open um, the possibility of distance learning, virtual learning for people who want to exercise that option. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think that's it's a great okay. idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Give it up, um, make it an option. Yeah, make, make it optional. Or if you make certain things virtual learning so that you can, so I think we've, when I mentioned this before as well, um, I'm okay with the school that says, hey, we're gonna turn all of our classrooms into virtual learning so that we can maximize the efficiency of those classes and then enhance human connectivity and all the other things that the kids do. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's, whether it's um, getting together at, you know, at lunchtime or intramural sports or campus life or whatever it is, not on how that would play out on a, you know, on an elementary or high school, it wouldn't really work out so great. Um, but you could make some of that, you know, have one day. Yes. That's, that's, that's virtual. I guess the argument would be that, you know, you're still, the whole point is. Well, they're actually talking about that North Carolina for high schoolers. I think they're already saying that's how they're going to do it is that mm-hmm. four days out of the week they're in class and then Fridays yep. are going to all be virtual. I yeah. That. Which is awesome. But then it begs the question, if your goal is to prevent the spread. Exactly. Um, it's then stupid. What is, <laughs> You're yeah, not doing that anything. That doesn't do it. That no, doesn't do it. it and doesn't. the only reason I would capitulate and, and advocate for that is because, you know, I, I think it's worth, for, certainly for kids, I think it's worth taking the risk at this point to allow them to come back together and have that connection and community and, you know, and, right. and uh, access to humanity. But then it gets back to this whole issue of trust. Because we can say kids can go back to school now. Here's what the the school board has decided, what the governor's decided. But what's not really being talked about is, well, in a little way it's being talked about is, 
Well, what about parents? Because not every parent feels the same way. Not every parent is like, yes, please, God, this is stupid. Send our kids back yeah. to school. Some of Ryan's friend, his parents, like we have not seen them since this thing has happened. We see oh, them really? just down the street. You know, they're good friends. And Ryan and him would play all the time. It's my oldest son. He has yep, not yep. seen him for months because of, of this year. And they're because they're taking it really strict. You know, you'll see them outside in their own backyard, which is fine. But they're having zero interaction. Really? Still? Yes, still. Is and someone in the is someone in the family compromised? I don't know if they are or not. Oh. You know, now the other possibility, Paul, is that they just don't like us, and this is no, well, yeah, uh, so I have to take that into account. Yeah, hey, I didn't want to go just, there. But you know, I mean, you know. I, well, I went there, so it's free yeah, game now. I was, I was, yeah, that was that was pretty much where I was. I was like, well, you're like, well, well, Jared on, really realizes why people avoid him. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I don't want yeah, to tell him here. So, okay, so so good. So, so the trust is the issue that we have to also parents, consider. Yeah. You can come back in, and you can say this is how we're going to do this. But I think what we're also going to run into in the fall is a lot of backlash or just a big divide because we're not on the same page. Yep. Before pan- the pandemic it was like, hey, look, even if I would love to have my if I want my kid to do homeschool, they just homeschool their kid. But now they've got these options or these ideas all based on the idea of minimizing the spread of this disease. And what's been clear is that uh, we have not had a real structured plan that yields long-term results according to the goal to minimize or flatten the curve. We've rushed back into opening up. Again, regardless of what you think, whether we should do that or not, the whole impetus was we need to flatten the curve so we can drive this thing down. Mm-hmm. But then we have plans to open back up before we ever have a vaccine or actually have driven it down. So we've just been mm-hmm. rushing to try and get back to normal. And now we're going – we talked about this. You and I talked about this, and a lot of people has that we are going to open back up and shut right back down. And sure enough, that is what we are doing because mm-hmm. we are trying to rush things so fast and we're not taking into consideration um, – you know, what is the long-term benefit that we're trying to, is it just to keep the disease under wraps and, and wait till we have it eradicated? If it is, then stay the course and tote that, that idea and get everybody on board. But if it's, um, you know, we're trying to um, uh, curb this disease, but at the same time, we want to keep the economy going, keep doing everything that we try, we're trying to do before, and they're trying to find this happy medium and this nice mix, like it doesn't exist. You either have to say, we're going to take the chance and risk our health and just go back to where we were, you know, and you have the choices to whether or not you want to participate in that, or you need to like have a one. And again, I'm not saying that there should be a government sweeping mandate because I'm definitely not for that, but there needs to at least be a social agreement that we're all moving in the same direction, that we're all trying to get this thing moved out fast as possible. And we have to come together on that. And that's what we've lost. We're not going to have that. Well, I wonder if the solution then is through, you know, Trust is achieved through transparency, right? Yeah. So, you know, you might be able to say, hey, we're not all in this together because uh-huh. we just can't come to consensus. So we're going to try to design systems that, to the best of our ability, give people the option to exercise their perspective, their, you know, their right. uh, take on the situation. So going back to education, if, if you are a family that believes that complete isolation is the way to go, we don't want you to be deprived of the opportunity for education. So we're going to have an online virtual you know, medium for you to get educated. If you're the kind of family who feels like, hey, I'm not as worried about it, where I'm willing to take the risk, I want the, you know, human connection, then we're going to allow you to come into school. I mean, but it gets, it's, it's sticky. I mean, you it know, is, man. you know, it's, it's tough because then, then how do you afford 
that option and that flexibility to everybody in the system. So let's take education as an example. Education is a system of components that are widely varied. So you have parents, you have children, you have staff, you have, you know, and then that staff is broken up into, you know, a multitude of different components as well, right? So that system has all these different parts. Is it even possible to make a system that's, to make a program that's that flexible within that system? I don't know, because what do I do? Uh, do I then have to offer the teachers the opportunity to also be virtual if they want to? Yeah, you'd have to. I mean, because right? if mean, it goes down to do, human health, personal human health, you've yeah. now just, there is no, there, yeah, you, you've hit it on the head. Yeah. Everything is relative. Everything is relative to the individual. Talk about a complete cluster. Yeah. yeah. That's what it comes I, down to. Yeah. And, and I don't know that there's a way to come up with a flexible enough system that accounts for, you know, every possible variation. So then where do you default? Do you default to that? Then that's where policy comes into play. It's like this is our default position. Yeah. Our default position is risk. Our default position is safety. It's good. One or the other, you know, as opposed to a disingenuous kind of manipulation of the situation to try and please everybody. Well, you can't please everybody. No, you can't. It's not possible. Mm-mm. So stop trying to do that. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Who? So. I don't know. I mean, right now they're talking about some some reasonably flexible options um, that seems like a, an attempt at some kind of middle ground in education. But I, I, I don't know. You know, Christine's in the education system. So she doesn't she I know that they've said they're going to start school early. Yeah. We were just about to start, you know, some team sports. Uh, so cross country was going to start, but they just pushed that back another couple, three weeks. Yeah. Phase um, two got phase opening. Yeah. That's the whole yeah. thing that happened last Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're bumping. So they're bumping that back. So we're looking at cross country starting on July 20th now. Um, so, and they started the school year is templated to start a week earlier than it was going to. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that. That didn't make any sense. It, it, no, it doesn't. There's a lot of stupid decisions that are not based in logic. It's because they're trying to stick with like the federal and state guidelines so they can get funding. So, oh, well, the students need to have, they we're trying to make up for all this. There, it's just these knee jerk decisions. I've seen no evidence yeah. that there's logic put into that. Uh, it's the same because we got that notification too. We're like, well, that we're going to be on vacation. Hopefully, if, if things are opened up, we have we've had a beach vacation planned. You know, with the family goes, yeah. we'll, we we all get together as a family. Um, that might not happen, but if it does, our kids are going to miss the first week of school. And I think a lot of people yeah. are going to be out. It's like, guys, you know. All that said, I was going to say this, Paul, before I forget, because you know how we can't rely on our own memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible. Is that the fact that uh, everything becomes relative? That we're just talking about this example of education. This is a perfect example of why this moment is a moment to question all of the systems and structures that we have in place, not to determine whether or not we need them. Of course we need education, but it requires these these systems, these institutions to find their North Star again. We have to ask that question of what is the overall purpose of education in our country at every level? Because we were really still toting, you know, touting the idea that education is there to prepare you for the workforce. Well, then that brings into the question of the workforce, and our education system really the the ethos to it is still operating like we're in the industrial revolution. We are training people for jobs on the assembly line. That's not the world we live in, right? Like 
you do this, go to school, get this, get your degree. I mean, when you and I were in college, it was, hey, it doesn't matter what you major in, just get your four-year degree because that's what will get you a job. Well, the reason why that made sense is because they were just wanting to make sure that you could follow through complete tasks and do what you're told. So we have to really step back and say, well, what's the purpose of education? Let's start there with the end. What is it we're trying to accomplish and what role does education play in our society? And let's build the system around that because I think we'll come to solutions a whole lot faster instead of just, well, we need to make sure we're testing or that we've got certain grade levels or all these other metrics that have been built in that play to the average and are really out of context for the world that we live in today. Yeah, it does, but it doesn't sound like they're, you know, they're, they're on the precipice of, you know, glacial, not glacial, but, um, you know, they're not on the precipice of revolutionary change. You know, they're, they're oh, trying no. to figure out how do you, you know, how do you adapt so that you could do what you were doing before in a different, right. in a different paradigm. And the irony will be is it'll take just as much energy to figure out a way to adapt the old thing to a new model as it would to just mm-hmm. say, let's, can we stop for a second and rethink yep. the model and rethink what our goal is here? Yeah. There's way too many people that have vested interest in going back to the way things are. And I get it. If you're in the status quo and you're winning, you don't want it to change. That goes for all yep. of us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to get involved too. You know, um, I talked to a guy, we talked early on about how I traveled and I was in California this week and I talked to a, uh, a guy who, so he started a company a long time ago, sold it for a ton of money. I mean, it's just a, you know, multi, multi, multi-millionaire, really, really nice guy. And, and uh, I met him and his wife and then we got together again later in the week and he brought his son who he had told me about. Um, and his son, uh, went to Harvard, uh, didn't complete it. He had like, he has like one semester left to go, but then he got, he got, uh, recruited by major league baseball. So he's oh, in like nice. the farm team right now. Yeah. 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 He's a pitcher. And I met this kid, and he's the nicest. So he's the son of a multimillionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Nicest kid, curious, courteous, great kid. And and my friend Matt told me that they sent him to public school. Now you would think a kid like that certainly had every, you know, yeah. clearly probably went to private school. No, he went to public school. And, you know, my observation about that is that education is as much about it's not as much about where the kid goes to school, the quality of the school itself. It's about you know parents' involvement in the education, right? Mm-hmm. So our kids go to public school. Um, we're super involved in their education, and they're getting a good education, right? Um, and so the same thing is applies here. Like if you want the, if you think the education system needs to be changed, well, it's going to depend on how much you're willing to be involved in that right. change. You know, yeah. so if you just sit around and say, "Gee, gosh," I've, and it goes back to my standard, everyday, repetitive you know, declaration to the world. If you want the world to be a better place, get out in it. You want education to have a different face, go get involved in how it's changing, right. you know, and put your foot down. So, yeah. so stop listening to us and That's right. get out there and start shaping the way education is going to look because it, that now is a moment where you actually have a chance for it to change. Absolutely. What a great way to end the show to stop listening yep. to us. Yep. Let's Take start us again out, next man. week. Yeah. So on Paul's note there, stop listening to us right now, get out into the world and, you know, start to uh, to put some energy into the things you want to see change, but then come back to us in a week because without you, we're just talking to ourselves. So yeah, it's just it's just a phone call. It really is. It, it, yep. it is. You know, and those can only last for so long. So anyway, as always, thank you for listening to this show. And uh, if you have not subscribed, be sure to do that right now. And of course, pass this on to your friends, to your family, to your colleagues 
your pen pals, if any of you remember what those are. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week.